Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. All right. Well, as Ryan said, we are going to be wrapping up our Rock Bottom series today. And before we do that, I want to welcome those of you Join us online, wherever you're tuned in from today. We're glad you're watching. And, and I can never go forward without acknowledging uh, what we all witnessed last night. If you are a Cavs fan and you stayed up late enough to see LeBron James. Come on, man. That was incredible. And he's definitely, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player to ever walk this planet. Uh, if there's one better, it, he's in, or she is in heaven. So um, we're glad that you are here today. And like we said, we're wrapping up this series. And over the last few weeks, if you've missed a message, I would encourage you to go back and watch. We uh, film every message every week and record the audio. So whether it's iTunes or uh, through the Adventure Church app or just getting on our website, YouTube channel, whatever it may be, uh, catch up with these. If you miss one, go back. Uh, I think each message kind of plays together as a part of a series, and I'd hate for you to kind of miss an important piece of getting out of your rock bottom experience. Because rock bottom, things are going to happen in our lives that are completely un- uh, uh, that we can't avoid, and then there's things that are going to happen that that we've made choices and we've been walking through how we get through those things. We've talked about owning our part. Even if it's a small part, that we own our part, and we have to own our part before we can move forward and get out of rock bottom, that you can't blame your way to a better future. Then last week we talked about the power of our minds and that Jesus and, and Paul instruct us to renew our minds, to change the way we think, and, and we will discover God's will for our lives. But we talked about that it's an investment of time over time that leads to the transformation that we want to see in our lives. I think all of us desire to change, but we have to be willing to invest the time and the discipline and give it the process time to see God do his work and complete his work in our lives. And so today we're going to be wrapping up this series, and I want to talk to you of what I believe can be the biggest roadblock in getting out of rock bottom experiences, the biggest roadblock. And there's two questions I want to ask right out of the beginning uh, so that we can really get some perspective here on how we can leave rock bottom behind, how we can move forward from rock bottom experiences. And the first one is this, how far into your future do you intend to carry the angst created in your past? How far into your future do you uh, want to or do you intend to, because I don't think any of us want to, but we are not even probably knowing it. And, and that word angst is kind of like, man, if you compile all the hurt, all the failures, all your mistakes, that you just have this thing in your past and you continue to carry it with you, I would ask you this morning, how long do you intend to carry it into your future? You're probably sitting there like, hey, well, I don't intend to carry any of it. I don't, I don't want to carry any of it, but many of us are. So today we're going to talk about how we can do something that we can make a choice to leave that behind. The second question I want to ask you is this, is how long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you to continue to influence you? How long do you intend, how long do you plan to allow the people who have mistreated you in your past to continue to influence you. So often we allow the people who hurt us in our past to continue to dictate our future. Just a couple weeks ago I was having lunch with someone 
And I was just kind of hearing their story and kind of hearing where they come from and, and their background and where they've been. And, and when they told me their story, I was like blown away. It was one of those, have you ever heard someone's story and you hear it and then and you go, I, I would have never have guessed that, that that happened to you. I would have never have guessed that you, you had an addiction. I would have never have guessed, I would have never put those pieces together and made this assumption that's where you're at. And that was kind of this story, I was just blown away. And every time I, I hear these stories where I, I have these, where I, I've never guessed, there's no trace of their past in their present. Have you ever met someone like that? It's just me, okay. Uh, but but there's, no, there's no trace of their past in their present. You go, wow, I would have never have guessed that that would have been you 10 years ago. I never would have guessed that that was you two years ago. And the one thing that I think that they have in common is, is I always hear in their story, at some point they made the decision to say, I decided. I decided. Uh, yeah, that was me, but then I decided that that wasn't going to be me. That was my past, but then I decided that that wasn't going to be my future. You, you go, how do you get from rock bottom like that, bound up in addiction, uh, going through an ugly divorce, and now here you are changed and thriving? How do you go from rock bottom to flying high, from barely surviving to thriving? How did you get from there all the way to here? And the most common answer that I hear and that you would hear is the word decided. They decided to. They made up their mind. They determined that their past wasn't going to be their future. And today we're going to look at some scriptures that tell you that you have the power of free will that you can choose to leave rock bottom behind. No one else is excited that you can just leave that behind. That God has given you the authority and the power through his Holy Spirit to walk away from your past. To leave your past behind. I don't care if it was what someone did to you or something you did to yourself. The mistakes that you made or that were done to you, that you can leave all of it behind. And today I'm excited to tell you that maybe you're at rock bottom, but you don't have to stay there. That you can make a choice to move forward. And that scripture says that God's future for you is one that's good, that's full of life, that's full of purpose. That you can leave that behind. But if you want to leave it behind, you got to make up your mind you got to decide to say, that's not going to be me anymore. That's not who I am. That's not who I'm going to be. And we got to get this conviction that my past will remind me. I'm not saying you forget about it, but it will not define me. It reminds me. Man, thank God I'm not who I used to be. Or thank God that he can provide healing even in the midst of, of major hurts and major disappointments in my life. It reminds me of the faithfulness of God, the forgiveness of God, that he's with me, that he's walking with me, that he has a future for me, but I'm not going to allow my past to define me. You see, you have the ability to leave the past behind once, once you decide to do it. To ensure next time, what we've been talking about this whole series, won't be like last time, you've got to make up your mind. You have to decide. And I'm telling you today, you got to release the past before the past can release you. You have to do it. You have to decide. I'm releasing it. I'm letting it go. And you want to know what the key is to make that happen? Are you ready? This is the answer. You want to leave your past behind? Do you? Only Jenny does. Okay. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad Jenny is excited. 
But so many of, listen, this is why I feel like this is probably the, the, probably the simplest message in the series, but most important, because this is the thing that I see that most people get hung up on. This is the rock that is still stuck to their leg, that they keep dragging their past into their future. And it won't let them go because they haven't let go of it. And if you want to be released from your past, you have to release it first. And the key to make that happen is one word. It's just one word. Forgiveness. And it's a hard one, isn't it? It's forgiveness. First, for some of you today, I think you need to forgive yourself. you got to forgive yourself. It's the shame of your past that keeps dragging you down. That you, you continually go back to the mistake you made. And I'll tell you what, I believe this is probably the number one tool, strategy of the enemy, is to keep shaming you with your past. Yeah, you, you, you think you're going to get where you want to go, but nah, you can't undo that. They're not going to forgive you for that. No, they'll never forgive you. They'll never let it go, so you can't let it go. And he keeps bringing up the past mistakes, the past failures of your life. And I'm telling you, for some of you, the biggest hurdle, and we're going to get into the next one, which is probably even bigger, but the biggest hurdle for you is you just got to forgive you. Listen, if God, if, if the Son of God who was perfect, Jesus, sinless, was willing to go on a cross so that you could be forgiven and died a sinner's death in your place, paid a debt that, that you owed that he didn't know so that you could be free. That's why he did it, right? So that you could be forgiven, so that you could be free. Man, what an insult it is to God to not forgive ourselves. To go, Jesus, it was good enough for everyone else, but it wasn't good enough for me. That maybe you can accept his forgiveness, but you can't really receive it and apply it to your life and forgive yourself. I'm telling you, for some of you, the best thing you can do today, and I could stop right here for you, is, to, is just to receive that God has forgiven you, that you're forgiven, that you're free in his eyes, so be free. Leave your past behind so it will leave you. Let go of it so we'll let go of you. Don't allow your past to dictate your future. For someone, others... That word forgiveness means that you need to forgive those who have hurt and wronged you. And it's tough. You see, but it's important that we do that because forgiveness allows us to learn the lesson from the past without dragging around the luggage of the past. I don't know about you, but there's no way that I could continue to carry all of my mistakes and failures and to really be thriving in the future. It's impossible, right? Imagine just for a second you had a suitcase full of all of your mistakes, all your mess-ups, and you have that one, so you're carrying that. Then you have the, the, the suitcase of the person who has wronged you and hurt you, and maybe there's multiple, and, and you're holding both of those, trying to embrace your future while holding on to your failures and to the hurts of your past. It's impossible to do so. And so we're dragging around luggage, and some of us don't even know it. But thankfully, God's word gives us some instruction on how we can let go of the past and move forward. The Apostle Paul was someone who had a past. You see, he hated Christians. 
In fact, he was the, what they said, the kind of the chief leader of the Pharisees at the time who were trying to snuff out the movement, the Jesus movement, the way, these people who were followers of Jesus, who were pursuing him. And so what he was doing was they were heavily persecuting them, and then they were actually then murdering and, and, and killing the Christians to try to get rid of this movement. And Paul was the one who was at the head of this, and then he had an encounter with Jesus, come on, that changed everything. That in one moment, as he is literally on his way to kill Christians, he encounters God. He hears an audible voice. God blinds him, changes his life over three days. He's miraculously changed, delivered. And so much so that God was telling his other believers to go and help Paul. And they were like, "Uh, no thanks. Uh, He's bad news. He's trying to kill people like me. So let's just, uh, why don't you just handle that, Jesus, you know? But no, God sent people. Paul then's miraculously changed. He then writes the majority of the New Testament, becomes this amazing church planner. And a lot of the scripture that we use today to instruct ourselves is what Paul wrote to teach the churches that he planted. Can you imagine that you had that kind of ability that, man, I I just think it's amazing that it was hard enough to plant Adventure Church, just one church, but Paul planted lots of them and then he would travel around to each one's and he'd send letters back so he'd hear stuff that's going on so in the church in Ephesus they're they're having problems letting go of the past they're having problems forgiving one another and getting along and Paul writes them and says here's the deal in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 he says in your anger do not sin in your anger do not sin here's the cool thing Paul says, it's okay. He admits that there's an appropriate place for anger. He doesn't say being angry is a sin. He says in your anger that you can be angry and not sin. That you can do that. Listen, I'm not saying when things happen to us and and, and life is difficult that we can't be angry. But there's an appropriate place for anger. People hurt us. Paul says there's a way that you can be angry and not sin. And he starts out, he says, do not. That means you have a choice, that you have the ability to not be controlled by an emotion, even a strong one like anger, to allow it to dictate how you respond and how you live in the present and the future. He says you've got to make a decision to not allow it. You decide, make up your mind, decide right now. He goes on, he says, and do not let, again, there's those words, you, do not let. The sun go down while you are still angry. There's the choice again. I realize, listen, for some of you, I realize that there's, there's anger that's too big to be handled by sunset. I get that, but I don't think that's what Paul's saying here. I think if we make it personal enough to us, I think what Paul is, is really saying is he's saying, yeah, you got to deal with it quickly because of how it impacts your future. And so how many sunsets do you plan for there to be until you'll finally deal with your anger? How how long are you going to allow this to continue on and to hold you back from all that God has for you? You see, you have a decision to make. Do something about your anger. Step one is to acknowledge that there is something you can and that you have to do. It's on you. He goes on in verse 27. He says, and do not, there's those words again, do not give the devil, a foothold. And in this context, in the Greek here, this word foothold means kind of like a staging area, staging ground. Don't give the devil an arena to fuel your anger. 
the longer you don't deal with it, the more the devil is just going to pile wood on that fire. He's going to keep fanning the flame of anger because he knows if he can keep you angry that you will never be free and fully who God created you to be. And that's why Jesus came, to make you free and that you could be full in who he created you to be. And when you don't deal with your anger, you give the devil an opportunity to control your future because of something that happened in your past. Why would anyone in their right mind do that. Paul's trying to get in here. And this word, and the, the word devil in the Greek, the way Paul uses it, it's only used a few times in the New Testament. And when you translate it, it actually means liar or slanderer. Don't allow a liar or a slanderer to control your future. And today I want to make it personal. What if we took out the word devil and we filled in that person who hurt you's name in the blank? Do not give Tom, a foothold in your life. Don't give your ex a foothold in your life. Don't give that boss a foothold in your life. Don't give that parent a foothold in your life. Why are you allowing that person to control your future? See, Paul knew if you didn't deal with your anger that you're giving the people who hurt you a permanent place in your life, a permanent place in your future. That's why he said, do something and do it right now. Don't wait. Don't allow another sunset to go. Don't allow another day to go on where you're allowing your past to dictate your future. By waiting, you're only hurting yourself and you're undermining your own future. So Paul says, we got to deal with it. You see, there is a place for anger, but you got to keep anger in its place. Keep it in its place. Allow it to fuel you to pursue God, to do the right things, but don't allow anger to control you. In Ephesians 4.31, he goes on, so he says, this is what you got to do. Get rid of, there it is again. Do not, do not give, do not let, get rid of. There's so much where Paul's saying this isn't a passive thing that's just going to happen. It's not just going to happen on its own. Some of you are waiting on God to, to do something, and he's waiting on you. God won't get you to step two until you take step one. And he's saying, if you would have the faith to forgive, if you would have the faith to let go, then I can do it. But you have to get rid of all bitterness, all rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. And the way you get rid of it is by forgiving. Paul says if you're bitter, you got some work to do. If you're bitter at someone or something that's happened in your past, Paul's saying it's on you to deal with it. you got work to do. you got to put in the work so that God can do his part, but he's waiting on you to do yours. And it's on you to figure out what you're going to do with it and He goes on in verse 32, he says, instead, so get rid of all that, and then here's what you need to do. Instead, be kind-hearted, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, and then he plays his trump card. And you're like, ah, forgive them just as God, through Jesus, that means through what Jesus did on the cross for you, has forgiven you. Forgiveness in this context means to pardon someone. 
In fact, right now, why don't you look at your neighbor and say, pardon you. <laughs> no, not pardon me, pardon you. Like Ryan said, I was saving this tea for somebody else. You're lucky I just let you sit here. He says, pardon you. That you have to pardon someone. And listen, when a pardon means a, a judge has the authority, someone in authority, says you are absolutely guilty of what you've been accused of. The evidence is there. You're guilty, but you don't have to pay for it. You are free to go. That's what it means to pardon. Hits the gavel. And he says you're free to go. Why? But but I deserve, I know what you deserve. I'm parting, I'm parting you. You're free to go. You see, for many of us, the only way to break that chain of our past that continually is pulling us back, continually dragging us down from what God has for us, and to move on from rock bottom, and I know you're ready, but the one thing that keeps most of us from doing that is that we refuse to pardon someone. We refuse to do it. And listen, I know they don't deserve it. That's what it means to pardon someone. It's despite what they deserve, you choose to forgive. But here's the thing that I want you to realize. I know that they don't deserve it, but you deserve it. You deserve to pardon them. You deserve to be free. Do you know that God thinks you deserve freedom? Do you know that God thinks that that you deserve to live freely and fully who he's created you to be? That you can experience life and life to the full. But if you choose to hold on to your past, it's going to hold on to you. And most of the time it's because we have a right to hold on to what they've done. They don't deserve it. But that's what forgiveness means. And that's what Paul is saying here. That the best thing that you can do for you is to decide to pardon them. But it's a choice. That you have to decide to do it. And then Paul goes, because he knew knew we would say that. Well, they don't deserve it. And listen, I know sometimes that because I'm a pastor and some people think that I have like more favor from God than someone else for some reason. You know, like, like my prayers are, are they have a, a quicker line to Jesus. You know, I got them on, you know, my favorites on my phone or something. It, it's definitely not that way that I'm human just like you. And I've, I have some things that have happened to me into my past that the people who have hurt me, that have wronged me, that if I were to tell you what has happened, you'd be like, I never, I never would have guessed. But that I had to learn this lesson myself the hard way. And that it didn't necessarily happen overnight, but that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that through a choice that I made, that I was able to forgive, that I was able to step into all that God had for me, and it wasn't about them, it was all about me. And Paul knew that we would have that. You see, our trump card is they don't deserve it. I know the Bible says to forgive, but they don't deserve it. And Paul says, listen, you pardon them just the way Jesus pardoned you. Because you didn't deserve it either. You didn't deserve his forgiveness, but it wasn't about that. Jesus came with a mission. You see, when we pardon someone, you say, you don't, they don't owe you for what they've done to you. They don't owe you anymore. You see, Jesus, so many people try to work their way to heaven. They try to 
They try to have all these good works to where they can finally get to where, you know, hey, I deserve heaven. I've worked hard enough. And Jesus came and said, listen, on your best day, (laughs) you're not even close to being good enough. He said, "So, so I had to do something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. I had to pay your debt. You owed me, but you couldn't pay me, so I handled your debt. That's what Jesus did. And so he says, now, I don't factor your sin against you in the relationship that I have with you. It's not a part of the picture. I've forgiven it. The Bible says that God has the supernatural ability to not hold it against us anymore. It says that he forgives and forgets. Now, I don't think God obviously doesn't forget because he knew we were going to do it before we did it in the first place, right? It's very complex, deep theology today. I won't go there. But, but it says that I, what that means is I forgive you and I will not hold it against you. I pardon you. You deserved it. You deserve to pay for what you've done, but I choose to pay the debt for you. He, choose, he chose to pardon you, think about this, so that you could have a relationship with your heavenly father. That's why he did it. That's why God sent him. He wanted to, to know us and to be in relationship with us. And we can decide to release our past from our future, but we have to pardon them. You have to let them go. And listen, I just a side note here because this, this sometimes comes up. If someone did something to you and they broke the law, you should call the police. Okay? If someone broke the law and they hurt you and maybe you can't anymore. Maybe that person's long gone. You don't even know where they live. It happened when you were a child. But I'm telling you, if, if something, like there's, there's rules, there's authority. The Bible says that we submit to the governing authorities. So if someone breaks the law, if you were in a dangerous situation, I'm not saying that you blindly stay in a dangerous situation because Scripture says that you forgive, but you, 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 you call the police, you do what you got to do, allow the, the justice to be served in that way. But I'm still telling you, the best way to move on from your past is to pardon them and to move into your future. You say, pardon me, I'm pardoning you, I'm moving you out of the way of my future. I'm putting you behind me, and I'm moving forward. You you can't pay me back, but I forgive you anyway. Paul says, pardon as you have been pardoned, and go first so that you can go on. Go first. Don't wait for them. You're not responsible for them. You're responsible for you. It's not about them, it's about you. And listen. Forgiveness, this is the key, this is the bottom line today. To get out of rock bottom. Some of you, you got to forgive yourself. A lot of us, we got to forgive someone else. And forgiveness is the only way to move forward. If I said, how many of you want to move forward to be free and full in who God created you to be? I would venture to say everyone would say yes. So how long are you going to allow your past to keep you from living that way? It is possible. I'm living proof of it. Others in this room have moved on from hurts and hang-ups that have held them back because that's what Jesus wants. But I'm telling you, you have to forgive. Hebrews 12, 15, it says, watch out. So be alert that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. When you think about that, a poisonous root, something that digs down into your life, right? The root system of your life has been poisoned with bitterness and it's tying you, it's holding you to your rock bottom experience. It's preventing you from moving forward. I love this time of year because like my yard is my thing, right? 
It's my hobby. It just says, you, you need to get a hobby. I said, my hobby is my yard, right? It used to be peaceful until I had kids. And then when I go outside, they go outside, right? So I'm on my mower and I'm like, get out of the street. Arr! You know, like trying to keep them from killing themselves. And then they like chase me around on the mower. I'm like, you're going to get hit by a rock or something. But, but I love being out in the yard. I love, you know, my yard looking a certain way, my landscaping, you know, all that stuff. And one of the things that I, I do consistently every time I mow, is I have a thing of, of Roundup. Well, it's not Roundup. It's a generic brand. I don't buy that Roundup stuff. The other stuff works the same. It's Weed Killer, right? I don't need name brand Weed Killer. I can work with the Menards discount brand there. And so I, every time I mow, every time, as soon as I'm done trimming, before I blow off my walks, I grab my Roundup. It has a little square bottle, and I go around and hit all the weeds every week. And I do this every week because I don't want them to grow up because what happens with weeds is if you don't stay on top of them, they grow a lot faster than the good stuff, right? You know what I mean? If anyone who's ever tried to keep rid of them, you're like, man, they just, I don't know how. I wish my grass could go as fast as the weeds in my grass, you know? This time of year, you got weeds this high and your grass is this high. But you have to be diligent about it. You got to take care of it. You got to do it right away because what happens is, is if you don't, the weed will choke out. It'll pull all the nutrients from the soil and it'll kill out the good stuff that you want to grow. Right? So you got to stay on top of it. This is exactly what bitterness and unforgiveness does to our lives. We want good things to grow. We want the change that we talked about last week where, where we're transformed into who God wants us to be. That we leave who we used to be behind and we step in and we see God do a work in our lives. But I'm telling you, if you don't deal with the bitterness and with the unforgiveness, it's going to choke out any good thing that God wants to do. In fact, Jesus went as far to say is if you can't forgive them, it, it, there's, it puts a wall between you and me, and I can't freely forgive you. That's how important it is. And Jesus said, listen, if you got a problem, Paul said, don't let all the sun go down your anger. He's, Jesus said, if you got something to get someone, you better handle it before you even come and worship me. That's how serious this matter is. And, and we got to get the spiritual roundup to get rid of those weeds so that those roots don't continue to go deep into our hearts and to our souls and that we can be free from our past. And the spiritual roundup in our lives is forgiveness. And you choose to do it. Paul says, choose it. Choose it. Don't let it. Don't continue. Decide and make up your mind. And in every one story that I talk to, that has left their past behind and is living free in their future, there's always that word, I decided. It was time, man. I had to let go. And for some of you, it's time. Today is the last day that you're going to allow your past to dictate your future. You're not staying at rock bottom. You're going to choose today to forgive. And then tomorrow, you're going to choose to forgive again. And then Tuesday, you're going to choose to forgive again. Jesus' disciples says, well, how many times do we have to do that? Jesus said, they said, seven times, that's your number, isn't it, God, seven? Right, so just seven times, and then once I've forgiven them seven times, then they're on the hook no matter what, right? And Jesus said, seven times seven. Just, just keep multiplying. And what Jesus was saying is, he says, you choose to do it however many times, how long, however long it takes. But you make that choice every day. The band's going to come. We're going to close out. But I would ask you, why would you 
allow someone who can't pay you back and spend your whole life waiting for them to give you something that they literally can't give you. Right? Like you're waiting for them. I'm waiting for them to give it back. Listen, they've probably, people have probably hurt you and they want to fix it, but they can't undo it. Right? They can't undo the past. You can't get your innocence back. You can't get that position back at work. You, you can't, they, they couldn't give it back to you if they wanted to. I've met people who have hurt people. They go, I'd do anything I could to change what happened, but I can't change it. But we wait for them to change something that they can't even change. You owe me, and I'm waiting for you to pay me back, and then once you pay me back, then we'll be good. But you're waiting for a payment that they can't deliver on. Listen, God wants you to move forward. But you got to pardon them. It's the only option you have. They can't repay you even if they wanted to. They can't. Some of them, have, they've, they've, they've passed on. They're not even in this world anymore. You, there's no relationship. It's severed. There's no way. You have to pardon them. You got to let them go. You got to let go of your past and let go of you. And some of you, you may be here and you're saying, well, I, I've done this. And it, it just hasn't helped. I've tried, Kyle. I, I, I forgive them. And I, I keep trying. But listen, today I believe that, that there's something, you, another step you need to take, that you've done it generally. You've done it generally. I forgive you. I forgive you. But I think you need to do it specifically. And how you do that is, is you need to make a list of what someone owes you. Get alone with God. Get a piece of paper and write it all out. This is what you owe for me. You took this from me. You took my innocence. I can never get it back. You took my kids from me. How could you do that? I could never get them back. You ruined my reputation. You lied and you slandered me. You embarrassed me. My career, my in Whatever it is for you, whatever it is, just write it all out. Get it all out there. You've done it generally. I forgive. I forgive. I know it's what God wants me. I forgive. Do it specifically. Make that list. Write it all out. And then decide decide you can't pay me back so I pardon you you deserve everything you deserve it but thankfully God didn't give me what I deserved so despite what you deserve I forgive you you can't pay me back anyway so I pardon you and if you do that and you can't do it on your own (laughs) Again, go back in this series, and we've talked about the reliance that we need of the Holy Spirit, that, that God can do something supernaturally in you that's not natural in and of yourself if you give him permission. Romans 8, the very first week, we said that God can leverage anything for his purpose if you allow him. And for many of you, this is the biggest thing that's been keeping you from allowing God to leverage that. Can you imagine the hurt that you have? I know it's deep. I know it's painful, but can you imagine when you allow Jesus to come in and do something supernaturally, that as you walk this process, as you climb out a rock bottom and you get to the top and God uses that story and he redeems it to help someone else? You go, I thought my marriage was over. What they did, what happened, I thought it was done. But you know what? God, but God, what I thought was impossible was possible with God. But God did this 
and my husband submitted to the process and he did this and now this and he was here and now he's all the way here and I'm not back here anymore. I'm here with him. I never thought we could be free. I never thought we could be fulfilled and happy. But God healed me. He healed our marriage and we are thriving in who God wanted us to be. I'm telling you, it's not as far-fetched as it seemed and I can tell you story after story of couples that I have met that I said, I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed. And they go, what was the difference maker? I decided. We decided. I decided to stay in when everybody else would have left. I decided to forgive even though they didn't deserve it. I decided. And with my decision, with my faith, with my step of obedience, God brought us here. He's waiting on you. Forgive yourself. Forgive who's hurting you. Drop the gavel today. Pardon them. Let them go. Let go of your past so it can let go of you. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful that you pardoned us when we didn't deserve it, that you were the ultimate example of what it means to lay aside our preferences, to lay aside our hurts, to lay aside our rights, and to surrender and be obedient to what your word says to do. And so in this moment, God, I know for some people today that the hurt is deep, and I know that writing a list is going to be pulling back layers of hurt, years of bitterness. And God, I pray as those surface that you would supernaturally bring healing God, that you would supernaturally do what we can't do of ourselves. And God, I pray today as we let go, as we forgive, God, that you would empower us through your spirit to begin the process of healing so that we can be who you've created us to be.